go. Welcome back to another episode of Compelled, a podcast where we attempt to bring out the bigger issues and injustices and in what we, as a society, should do about it. Who do we got to talk about today? We're going to talk about Tommy Robinson. Um, Tommy Robinson, Tommy. also known as Stephen Christopher Yaxley Lennon, um, or Andrew McMaster, depending on what pseudonym he's going under, uh, co-founded and served as spokesman and leader for what's called the English Defense League. He's also part of, um, or was part of the British Freedom Party. Uh, the English Defense League is, I'm trying to keep politics out of it, but everyone has to put in their little two cents. <laughs> um, the English Defense League is a far-right street protest movement which focuses on opposition to what it considers to be a spread of Islamism in Sharia, or Sharia law in the United Kingdom. Uh, basically, it describes itself as an anti-racist and human rights organization. Uh, the ideology informing the EDL was the belief that the religion of Islam challenges an English Christian way of life. The EDL has been described as Islamophobic and was until 2013 the most significant counter-jihad movement in Europe. Um, basically, it's considered by some academics to be one of the more intriguing developments on the far right. The group has had confrontations with various groups, including United Against Fascism. Um, in 2013, uh, Tommy Robinson and Kevin Carroll, uh, who were the group co-founders, left the group, basically with Robinson citing concerns over the dangers of far-right extremism. Okay, so it sounds like he's a practical and rational man. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, now, this... Because you and I both know that that when you are... When you have views that some people don't want to touch on, like because they, they don't want to be shown as, you know, thought of as racist or whatever, that people like this that speak out, they just get put in this category where and then everyone ignores everything else about what they're trying to say and they, they just automatically label them a certain way and then that's it. No one, you know, and a lot of people don't take them seriously anymore because of it. You know what I mean? You're right. Yeah. Um, so w when they left, uh, basically Robinson said that the street protests were no longer effective and acknowledged the dangers of far-right extremism, which we already explained, which we just read about. Um, his intention in it was to continue to combat extremism by forming a new party. Um, both Robinson and Carroll had been taking lessons in Islam from a Quilliam member, Usama Hassan, uh, and intended to train in lobbying institutions. Now, Quilliam is a think tank, uh, is a London-based left-of-center think tank that focuses on counter-extremism, whatever that means, uh, specifically against Islamism, uh, which it argues represents a desire to impose a given interpretation of Islam on society, founded as the Quilliam Foundation. Would counter-extremism be like nihilism, where you don't care about anything? I don't. I I have no idea. You're either extreme or you just don't give a shit. <laughs> counter. Yeah. Uh, I, I like I said. I just we care not about nothing, Lebowski. Nothing. They people like to write stuff to make them look better, and in in this case, they just they write shit like this think tank that focuses on counter extremism, but they don't explain what the counter extremism. Well, what the fuck do you mean? Well, I mean. I guess it, it counter extremism means that um, ways to go against um, radicals, you yeah. know, radical thinking. That, that's what only thing I can think of. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, basically, it lobbies against uh, government. It lobbies government and public institutions for more nuanced policies regarding Islam, 
and on a need for greater democracy in the Islam world whilst empowering, uh, empowering modern Muslim voices. Now, I disagree with some of this bullshit because, first and foremost, who the fuck are we, really, as third world or third world, first world? Yeah. You know, um, Westerns, Western society to tell other established societies how they should or shouldn't live. Yeah. You know, I mean, we went in and fucked up Japan, yeah. right? The United States did. And we rebuilt that entire society, but they still kept their, they kept their society. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, um, and we had an argument about this about anime a long time ago where, you know, like you say how they, they purposely, you know, make their characters look more American. They do. And and I said that, and I think that that, you know, I think that that is a carryover from, from World War II, from the abuse, from the, uh, you know. It, it, you know, it, it, anyway, I don't want to get into that whole discussion again, but... Um, it's, it has nothing to do with, it really doesn't have anything to do with World War II. It has everything to do with the fact that a lot of these animators are, are, are draw draw the girls to look like American girls because they're obsessed with them. Mm. That's really what it's down to. Or is there a deep seat of American influence in there? No, no. Because uh, art and culture and all that other stuff, the way that they've done it throughout the years, they've it's always been basically just internal. I'll tell you what. For the sake of argument... I think this would be a really good discussion. Like if we got in depth about it on another, like another platform on this one, because I, I think that come like bringing up both sides of that discussion, I think would be an important discussion to have. Right. Um, America rebuilding Japan in the forties yeah. has nothing to do with animation and the way that their industry is now in the forties, maybe, but they didn't have animation in the forties. Well, they had little animation in the forties and, 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 but by the 60s and the 70s, the Americans were pretty much just non... I, I know, I know. They, they didn't mean shit. It didn't, they, didn't, they didn't fucking care. They, we, they were there to take our money, and we were there to rebuild the shit that we fucked up. Okay. Do you, okay. When you see how, like, say, uh, black people have been treated since slave times, okay, since slavery, and how there's, even when slavery's gone, there's a carryover, there's of... of of, of oppression and things like that, and how it just keeps on going generation to generation one way or another. That That's what I'm trying to get at, okay? But like I said, I don't want it to be that the discussion for today. I, I'm just saying it would be a good topic to get onto about on another show. <laughs> you see what I mean? Right, but you just brought up something, and then you said you don't want to talk about it. I know, it. and after I so, said it, So don't. And, I, and after I said I didn't want to talk about it, you, you brought up another thing again. I know. What I'm saying... No, I, I I'm just mentioned the fact that... that that I was the thing that I talked the thing that I just said was referring to what you just said, which is I don't want to do this right now, but what about this, this, and this? Okay, then let's no, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to. I, I and I agree with you. I, I think that it's it's a better discussion for later, and and put that aside. So apart from the Japan thing. According to one of its founders, Majid Nawaz, like I said, uh, who the fuck are we, the Western world, to tell anybody how they should or shouldn't live? In okay? their in their areas. I agree. At all. If you come to America, or if you go to Brit- Britain, or or Japan, but we'll, we'll get into Japan in a second again. 
uh, or any parts of Europe or anything else like that, I specifically believe that you should learn the language. Yeah. Okay? Spanish, English, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, if I move to Mexico, I should learn Spanish. Correct. I almost said Mexican. <laughs> and if you're in Mexico, you speak Mexican. <laughs> and, and, like, here, this just came out today in America that the Democrats are trying to vote in a... a um, a tax break on on immigrants, on undocumented immigrants. But they are undocumented, which means they don't pay taxes. Yeah, that's what I don't get. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, it's like with the with the driver's they're, license. They're li- thing. They literally just want to give money to these fucking. People. It's like the driver's license thing. It's like, how can you, if you're undocumented or illegal? I, I just say illegal. I don't need to PC this shit. If you're illegal, how the fuck are you able to go into where you have to show proof of everything? To get a license, right? When you go to the DMV, yeah. Um, how then? How is it? So it sounds like you're catering more to. They're, they're catering more to uh, people other than Americans. Yeah, is that and it, why is that? Is it just because so we don't want to seem like we're mean? I I don't know. I this this state fucking disappoints me. Or is it because Democrats? Oh God, I don't want to get political, but yeah, or is it because I, Democrats I don't, don't want to lose their workers? I don't. I don't know. I don't care anymore. <laughs> so, I've, I've stopped giving a shit because all they do is try to fuck us one way or the other with their stupid laws. With their cheap labor. Oh, we don't want to offend the people that we're you know, getting cheap labor from, so let's give them... I have nothing to... I, no, with their, I, it's not cheap labor. It's their fucking stupid laws. They continually make these fucking dumb laws. California, California has 20% of the population. Mm-hmm. 20%, like yeah. 19.3%. Yeah. And they continually fuck over Americans. Yes, and small business owners, and yeah. No, not just small business owners. I said and. Every business. We've had a majority of businesses leave this state or will not come into the state because of the California politics, because of Jerry Brown, because of what's been going on. Literally fucking leave this state. And then what the what, so what California does is they, they redo some of their laws to protect some of these businesses, like Blue Shield. We're way off fucking topic. And so <laughs> so that they can continue to fuck us over money wise by by charging us more and more money. They you know, they force people into getting uh health insurance, then they jack up the rates. Yeah. You know. And then from there I'm pretty much done talking about California. And they make weed legal so that we're all high and we just accept everything. Yeah. And then um <laughs> then then they'll just raise r- raise fucking taxes again because They'll spend all the money for weed on some stupid fucking government program that has to do with helping um, undocumented illegals or, you know, undocumented or fucking immigrants coming into this country that have no money so that they can just give them, you know, a house and a car and and, and a fucking job and and $10,000. And giving higher ups higher um, salaries. Yes. All right. So uh, anyways, uh, Quilliam. Quilliam um, is is this London-based left-of-center place. According to one of its co-founders, Majid Nawaz, um, he said, we wish to raise awareness around Islamism. He also said, I want to demonstrate how the Islamist ideology is incompatible with Islam. Um, Develop a Western Islam that is at home in Britain and in Europe. Reverse radicalization by taking on their arguments and countering them. The organization opposes any Islamist 
ideology and champions freedom of expression. The critique of Islamist ideology by its founders, Majid Nawaz, Rashad Zaman Ali, and Ed Hussein is based in part on their personal experiences. Now, Islamist ideology is a concept uh, whose meaning has been debated in both public and academic contexts. The term can refer to diverse forms of social and political activism advocating that public and political life should be guided by Islamic principles, uh, or more specifically to movements which call for the implementation of Sharia. Anyways, uh, Sharia, Sharia law, or Sharia. Islamic... I always hear people say Sharia. Or Islamic law is the religious law forming part of the Islamic tradition. It is derived from the religious precepts of Islam, particularly the Quran and the Hadith. In Arabic, the term Sharia refers to God's immutable divine law and is contrasted with fiqh, which refers to human scholarly interpretations. Um, it has been described as one of the major intellectual achievements of Islam, and its importance in Islam has been compared to that of theology and Christianity. Now, I don't agree with any of this. <laughs> I don't believe that if... I, I, I don't believe in, in um, Sharia, Sharia. I call it Sharia, so that's what it is. <clears throat> my, my, my Sharia. Um, I, I don't believe that um, these people, these radicals or whatever you want to call it, that come into countries and believe that they can put their views, their political, their their uh, religious views above that country which they have moved into. Yeah, I agree. And that, that's the thing. I mean, you know, it, you know, the Middle East, you know, which is largely Islamic... They had a lot of those countries had a problem, a major problem with Americanization, with Americans pushing their influence into their their world. Right. And now they're trying to do the and, same thing. But now, yeah. So, you know, the infidels, you know, they don't want the infidels in their country. But now they're branching out and they're they're creating, you know, all these little sects, you know, in, in, in different countries, yeah. especially in Europe. They're taking advantage of Europe's um, generosity. In, in, especially in um, in England and France, holy shit, dude! So, um, you know, it, look, you got to respect where you're where you're at. Okay, if I go if I go into someone's house, I respect their rules. I don't give a fuck how stupid they may be. They're not they're, the rules are there for a reason. You, you got to follow them. It's respect. Okay, so you can't go into someone else's country and say, "Oh, your laws need to accept my laws, my religious beliefs and laws." And then I get to I get to function any way that my 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 religious um, laws say that I can function. So even if it contrasts with what laws you have. So if I want to, you know, stone my wife for you know being disrespectful or whatever, you know, then I should be able to do that without being prosecuted. Things like that, you know. And that's uh, sorry if you want to if you want to if, if you want to practice your religion down to the Sharia law then go back to where it's perfectly okay to do that. Correct. I'm not saying you can't be, you know, you can't, you know, uh, uh, practice your faith, you know, wherever you want, do it. I mean, you know, I'm all for that, you know, as long as you're a good person. I don't give a shit. But What if you're a bad person? Well, (laughs) I know, but you you, you can't approach everyone like they're going to be bad. That's the Donald Trump approach, right? (laughs) You got to approach it like, you know, approach everyone as they're good, and then if the bad ones show up, then that's when you deal with them, right? I don't care who you are. If you want, if you want to do your faith, you want to do your religion. You do your faith and your religion. However, when you're in a different country, their law is their law. Yeah. And if you're going to fight back against that, 
then you're going to suffer the consequences. Yeah, but but there's people like we're dealing with the Tommy Robinson thing right now. There's people that don't want them to deal with those consequences because Tom, they, they, they treat Tommy Robinson like he's the criminal. Exactly. And Tommy Robinson... So Tommy Robinson was put in jail. Now, I don't agree with all of his his thinking. I agree with some of it. I, I agree with some of what they're putting down. Like, um, the, he... The, the reason why he got arrested is he went up to the people that were um, coming out of the courthouse, these these men that were uh, arrested for grooming. They're called grooming gangs. Um, yeah, about grooming children. Yeah, I'm trying to find. There was It was over 100 men, um, several. Um, yeah, it's, a, it, it's grooming a child from a young age to be accepting of uh, sexual abuse for a very long period of time. I'm just trying to get through these fucking ads. Like, uh, sorry. Anyways, um, it's it's so difficult trying to find anything when you when you. I'm literally, I'm literally on a website, uh, the National Review, where the headline is Tommy Robinson grooming gangs. Britain persecutes journalist. And I literally haven't. I'm I'm two th- a third into the article. Yeah, give or take, maybe maybe less. And there is nothing in the article about Robinson. Oh, here we go. Finally, <laughs> almost halfway into it. Robinson was filming outside Leeds Crown Court, where the latest grooming gang case was going on. Um, there are reporting restrictions on the ongoing case. And Robinson was outside the court and appeared from the full live stream to be filming the accused and accosting them with questions on their way in. He also appeared to exercise some caution, trying to ensure he was not on court property. Um, Last year, Robinson had been found guilty of contempt of court for filming outside another rape gang trial, one involving four Muslim men at Canterbury Crown Court. On that occasion, Robinson was given a three-month prison sentence, which was suspended for a period of 18 months which meant he would be free so long as he did not repeat the offense. Um, What happened was uh, the police turned up in a van and swiftly arrested Robinson for breach of peace. Within hours, Robinson had been put before one Judge Jeffrey Marson, who in under five minutes tried, convicted, and sentenced Robinson to 13 months. He was immediately taken to prison. Um, From that moment, it was not just Robinson, but... uh, the U.K. that entered a minefield of legal problems. In addition to the usual reporting restrictions on the ongoing trial, which is bullshit in the first place because a ton of people, a ton of these professional professors and stuff like that said it, it didn't matter what was going on on the ongoing trial because you, if it was all of that information was already out there on these men, yeah. you know, and what they were doing and everything that was going on about this specific case this child grooming case. So Tommy Robinson doing what he did doesn't taint the case. In fact, nobody taints the case. And for for the judge to to blindly put him in jail, this is freedom of speech, basically. Yeah. This is what it's all about. Tommy Robinson in in a country that that decries freedom of speech. Yeah. Was put in jail because he was exercising his right to freedom of speech. He was put in jail last year for his right to freedom of speech. The judge basically said, I don't care. So what does that tell you? 
Well, that tells me that when you have judges like this, and, and there's something very interesting that just happened here in America, in San Jose, in fact, when you have judges that don't follow rules, then what happens is, is that they come under the gun mm-hmm. in, in some cases. Now, here in America, in San Jose, um, I don't if anybody remembers, there's this kid named Brock Turner, and we'll get into Brock Turner later. But this is just to just a touch on this. The judge sentenced Brock Turner to six months in jail, commuted it to three months, sentenced him to six months in jail. He did he only did three months in jail. He raped a girl, but because Brock Turner is an athlete mm-hmm. and a rich white male, he got away with it. Yeah. Now, after that trial had happened here in California. Um, I don't know if you're aware of circumstances, and some of you are political, some of you are not. But to break it down, after that trial, that trial was groundbreaking, to say the least, uh, when it comes to defining specific things, specifically rape. It used to be that rape was forced penetration. Yeah. You know, slapping a bitch around, you know. That's that's basically what it is, is slapping somebody, slapping some, doesn't matter, man or female. and Forcing a, 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 for, forcing a person to have sex against their will. Correct. And, and, then, and then there was, there was um, different levels. Yeah. Depending on the severity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hers, because he went with the letter of the law, was not as severe as someone that was brutally beaten and raped. Okay. She was asleep and could not consent. So it was non-consensual sex. Okay. Okay. Which same thing, doesn't matter. Rape is rape. After that trial, the Calif- the lawyers of California, all these lawyers, this group of lawyers of California, yeah. got together and said, done. We are fixing this. Rape is rape. It doesn't matter if it's non-consensual it doesn't matter if it's brutal, you know, uh, uh, physical abuse. Mm-hmm. Rape is rape. So there is no, there is no levels. I, I will say this. I think there should be two levels. There is no levels. I th- this is all about opinions, bro. Let me get mine out. There should be two levels, all right? One is rape is rape, no matter what. If you rape, you rape, and then you get convicted for it. But if there's something, like, extremely on top of it, like, like, um, mutilation and possibly even murder or whatever. It, that's another. That's a higher level where it's even like like a larger sentence than than what. It's okay. Well, that, I that, think it should be a large sentence anyway. There, for, th- that that's not look. One one is a in terms of law. One is completely different than the other. They're not talking about murder or anything else like that. That's a completely separate set of rules. The rules that Brock Turner was convicted by was, and, and it was very specific. There were these levels of rape from, from abuse to non-consensual sex, knockout drunk. Yeah. Okay? And these different levels had different, had different... Um, Convictions on them. Sentences. Yeah, sentences. And his was like a seven-year sentence, whereas the most extreme one was oh, like why? 20 because years. she was asleep, so she didn't go through the trauma of being raped? No, you're not listening to me. Is that why it's so short? Is that why? No, you're not listening. Yeah, well, I guess, but I I don't know. It's the I'm trying to. Uh, I'm asking the, the, about the reasoning. That I I don't know. 
I'm not a lawyer. Okay, but I'm bringing it up. You don't sh- don't shoot me down. I'm just bringing up something. I know, but I'm I'm telling you why. I mean, you're specifically asking me. You're pointing at me. No, it, it's more rhetorical. So, because it's a show, people listen to it. So, yeah, the different levels are you know like minimum seven years, max, max you know maximum whatever. Yeah, all the way up to you know uh, beating and stuff like that, which is like twenty to twenty five years minimum. Brock Turner's minimum sentence should have been seven years. He was given three months. Yeah. And it, it, legally, the judge the judge followed the, the law. Legally. Legally. Okay. But there was some weird overriding circumstances that connected the judge with a whole bunch of things that was going on with Brock Turner. Mm. So a Stanford lawyer who is part of the, the Bar Association did a recall. She said... Recall this judge. He's a piece of garbage. Yeah. He's always been a piece of garbage. Here's, and we have proof of it. The election was, there, there was voting on Tuesday. This is called midterm voting. Yeah. He was recalled. 93%. Damn. Now, before the recall, he went into this whole thing about recalling judges just isn't right. You shouldn't recall a oh, judge. Yeah, because they're up on their fucking pedestal and they think that no one can touch them. And that whatever they want... It's just like the Frost-Nixon thing, right? Where when when Nixon's confronted about breaking the law, and he goes, "Well, when the president does it, it is not illegal." Yes, right? it is. And who the go oh, because you're the fucking man, you're the man, so you can do anything and get away with it. I mean, technically, yes, he can, but you know what I mean. That doesn't mean it's okay, and it's not fucking okay. Yeah, basically, the judge said that they're setting a dangerous precedent. That means that all the other judges, and this is what I got out of it. So I'm going to paraphrase. All the other judges would have to be looking over their shoulders and be concerned Good. with 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 what they're doing and afraid of how they're going to rule instead of instead of ruling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, R- well, doing their job. Why they didn't have a problem when they're when they have their own 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 bias and and own uh, I don't know I, I'm assuming that like with someone like this guy. Is that he had some connection where you know it's it, it, either monetary or a friend thing or you know buddy buddy you know and and so he gives him this lenient sentence right? No, he didn't give him a lenient sentence because it was money or whatever. I'll tell you why. But friends of friends or nope. circles or social nope. circles, what? No, the judge did this because he's always done this with white athlete males. Okay. So, but there is some kind of a bias there. There is. There's always been a bias with yeah. him. Yeah. He's always been very lenient with people that have an Anglo-Saxon background that are athletic. These just young. These are just young boys. Yeah. That that's his. That's yeah. Every time it was. Oh, he's just a young kid. He's he made a mistake. Yeah. Now, what about have they looked into cases where it was a black person that was uh, like a black male that was too charged with something? I don't know. Okay. At this point, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Because well, I mean, that got, would be good to see, like, if there was a different kind of um, It doesn't matter. He got recalled. He got recalled. Okay. So he's out. Good. I'm glad he's out. But, I mean, it would be good to have that information as well, just to see if there's even more bias than, 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 you, than you know. It, it doesn't matter, really, because he's gone. So his bias is... It, no, his no, no. Bias I, I is out. I totally disagree. It's extremely important. It's just like when people bring up older. Why? Tri- why? Let me finish. It's just like when people bring up older trials to use as a precedent for the trial that they're in at the moment. Why is it important? Okay? It's important because to see what this guy was doing, and then you can use that to check out other cases with other judges and to see if they're doing the same shit as well. You shouldn't have to use him as a specific excuse to check out other people to see if they're doing right or wrong. 
there should be a series of, for lack of a better term, yeah. there should be a series or there should be a bunch of people. Monitors. Yeah. Thank you. That are there checking on all the judges. Yeah. Relying on one judge to, and going through his background and then checking to see if the other judges are following along with doing their, doing the right thing or doing their own thing. That sets a, that sets a dangerous precedence. That's why you have a council. You have a council of people that check, that go to, and make sure that the judges are are doing their job properly. Whether I mean, if even if they're if it's letter of the law, yeah, okay, because they're allowed to make decisions based off of et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Well, look, he's <clears throat> being used as an example right now. He's the one that just got kicked out by ninety three percent. Okay, so if he's going to be used as the example, I think that more information should be out about him. So more information would be, let's see, okay, he lets off all these white guys. Let's see what he did with black guys in the same situation, and let's see if he gave them extra sentences than he did the white guys, just so you have more there, because he's, he's the example now, right? So let's base everything off of that example of, of a judge that's doing wrong. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> all right, anyway. And we got way the fuck off topic. That's all right. This is a discussion, baby. That's what we do. Go all over the place. So Tommy I, I don't want to go all over the place. <laughs> Tommy Robinson, judges, pieces of shit judges. Yeah, I, I understand. Just like oh, hey, and just like in the making the, of making a murder on Netflix, that judge he seemed very biased and like closed minded to a lot of shit. He, like I said, it could have been trickery of editing. I, I, that's why I always say that you know just in case. But still, that judge looked extremely biased and like he was connected to other people. And maybe this guy also the same thing. You know. It's all about who you know, right? And who you who do you buddy up to and all that other shit sometimes, right? That guy, I mean, if you have freedom of speech, who the fuck is this guy, this judge, to say, oh, you can't... Blah, 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 blah. Because they told Tommy Robinson not to come back. They specifically told him not to come back. Look, I respect authority to a point, but sometimes authority becomes a little too authoritative. They told Tommy Robinson, based on his past, uh-huh. do not fucking come to our court. So he stayed outside. So he showed up to the court. Not inside, but outside. It doesn't matter if he was outside or inside. He showed up, and he did exactly what they told him not to do. Okay. Okay? Do not bother the people that are involved in this case. Okay. He was specifically told that. Well, I'll tell you what. Sometimes the law can go to hell. Sometimes (laughs) doing the right thing means doing the right thing. And I agree that I think that that Tommy Robinson, he did the right thing. So you believe it's okay for him to... Disrespect the law, disrespect a judge's orders, and disrespect the people that were trying to get a fair trial. This is a tough one. Okay. It's not tough. You just said I I agree with what he did. No, no, no. I, and I do. I'm not. I'm, I'm stick. I'm sticking by that. What I'm saying is, there's a like. It's like your own self morality, right? Like, what do you truly believe is the right thing to do? And I I think it's easier for me to say this because. I, I'm on I'm Robinson's side when it comes to this this subject, and um, so sometimes law be damned, sometimes order be damned. The right thing is the right thing, okay. And Robinson's done his research; he's found out about these fucking guys, and he knows that they're pieces of shit. And he he wants to get it out there. He wants to have you know. But it was already out there. Okay. So anything that he added on top of that didn't matter. So, if, I mean, if it didn't matter, I mean, still, why would he have to have 13 months? That, that's extreme. That is extreme. So a year and a month of his life is gone, and his life is in danger. 
And he's even stated, he's even like appealed that he's in fucking danger for his life because of where he's going to be. And and yet they don't give a shit. He, the judge doesn't give a shit. It's it just seems like spite. That's judge spite. You know what I mean? That's what I get from it. Like it's like a when you keep telling your kid, "I told you not to do that. I told you not to do that," and then they keep fucking doing it, and you're like, rrr, 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 and you're angry about it, right? That's what it seems like to me. Angry, bossy judge. And then look at it's easy for him just to say, "Oh, bang my gavel," and then fucking you're gone, right? Because he doesn't give a shit. He didn't have to live with it every the 13 months, however many days that is. Okay, 300 and fucking 95 days <laughs> or whatever, right? He's off doing this other thing. He's on to, on to the next trial. On to the next fucking case. So it's easy for him to do that shit. That's a tough one, man. I Sometimes you just have to say fuck the law and do what's right. So, I mean, where do you go from there? Personally, I think I, personally, I think that Robinson, I don't know a whole lot about him, but just based on this, the man's got balls to do that, to, to, to go out there and, and, and keep talking. Would you do that? Right now? Like sitting here right now saying this to you? Probably not. Would you ever do it? I don't. Damn, that's a good question. That's a really good question. If if I was someone, you know, shit. I think if if, if it depends on the search. The, Would you do it? If I felt I had to, yes. If you felt you had to. But if I. That's but that's that's a non-answer. He felt he had to. So look, so Tommy I Robinson's been doing this all his life. Okay, then yeah. So he's, he's been confronting people and making points and doing his job all of his life. Okay. So I ask you a question: Would you do the same thing? Right now, yes or no? No. Why? Because I'm a coward. Huh? You, I mean, <laughs> you want you want fucking you want you don't want variable answers. You want yes or no, right? So there you I go. I wanted the answer, and I got the answer, <laughs> which is no. I'm, but I don't think you're a coward. I, I think that I think that you just that you don't have. It's not that you don't have disorganized, the disorganized, and a little uh, a little scared. There you go. How about that? <laughs> is that better? No, I I, I think that. You, that the reason why you wouldn't do something like this is because you honestly don't believe in in the cause. Mm-hmm. You may believe in the idea behind it, uh-huh. but you don't. Believe but are you in the willing cause. to go? Are and you then, willing to sacrifice? And how far now? Here's a good question because of all this topic, right? How far is is good enough before it becomes radical? How far in your belief system can you go before you actually come off as extremist? I sent you a link to you to a YouTube. Um, is it a David Goggins? Yeah, I already wa- I already watched. Did you watch the whole thing or did you watch just the clips? I w- no no let me because I sent you a fucking text about it and you didn't get it. I got the text. You I, said I watched clips about it. I watched a bunch of clips the other day and then I watched half of it today. Half of the whole thing that you sent today. So I'm I've got an hour left of it. This guy David Goggins is extreme. Yeah. He's a Navy SEAL. He's a Ranger. Mm-hmm. He even attempted to join Delta Force. He used to have the world record for pull-ups. Still does. No, he's number four now. There's three people ahead of him. There's three people. He broke the record, but now he's number four. There's there's three people that have surpassed his record since he did it back in like 2013. I, I, re- I looked him up. I looked up wow. his record. Okay. Yeah. He did 4,500 pull-ups. Oh, it was a lot. Yeah, in a 24-hour period, he did like a shit ton, dude. Like, he was in so much pain. Okay, I... I Let's just keep it focused. So David Goggins believes in himself so much that he will he will bend his will to the cause to do what he needs to do to get it done. Yes. Which is what we're talking about, you know, in terms of extremism. Mm -hmm. Is David Goggins an extremist? Yes. 
Ex- absolutely. Yes. So is Tommy Robinson an extremist? Yes. Why? Because he's going to do what he believes he needs to do no matter what anyone tells him. That's not true. Tommy Robinson is not an extremist. Tommy Robinson is a pursuer of justice. There's a difference about him between him and David Goggins. David Goggins will do whatever it takes, pretty much, short of killing a man, to get what he needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Tommy Robinson will do what he wants to do short of almost breaking a law. He didn't break any laws. Tommy Robinson is not an extremist. Mm-hmm. Tommy Robinson is a guy that's seeking truth and justice. There's a huge difference. And what happened to Tommy Robinson is bullshit. What you said about the judge and everything else, absolutely. Tom, now here it says the facts are both more prosaic and depressing. Robinson would not be in jail if he had not once again accosted defendants in an ongoing trial outside the courthouse. So let's break that sentence down. Accosted. He didn't accost the defendants. He walked up to them and started asking them questions. Yeah. Okay? Now, he had been told by a judge last May not to do this, and he did it again. That's seeking justice. He's not trying to kill these people. He's asking questions. Why did you do this? He wants to find out. What the fuck type of... Why would you fucking do this? Yes. Okay? It isn't the worst thing in the world. It isn't child rape, for instance. But it is an offense to which Robinson understandably pleaded guilty. He ple- he pled guilty because he knew he did it and he was caught. But he was also coerced so and So why forced. in this article did they have to say that? It isn't child rape, for instance. Because they're trying... Because the National Review likes to do things like that. More important, the trial that was coming to a close last Friday is just one part of a trial involving multiple other defendants. And here's where they are taking the side of the, the, the justice, the, the judge in this case, okay? Mm-hmm. It is certainly possible that Robinson's breaking of reporting restrictions at the Leeds trial could have prejudiced those trials. It didn't, and it never would have. All of that information was already available to the public. It doesn't prejudice those. It doesn't taint the trial. So then he's got a lawsuit on his hands, doesn't he? Mm, no, he doesn't. Because he was told not to do this, and if he did, he would be put in jail. So he specifically went against the judge's orders. He was put in jail. He doesn't have a case. He can't sue because he, he did what they told him not to do. He specifically broke their curfew or whatever but you want to call it. But their order went against the freedom of speech. doesn't matter. Their order was, do not come back here, do not do this again, or you will be put in jail. You can't sue for breaking the law. See, I don't know in Britain what their constitution is, but it, it doesn't. if you have a freedom of speech on, on your constitution, I, it's not, the judge is not above a constitution. It, it doesn't matter. And in some cases, yes, they are. In some cases. But the point is, is that it doesn't matter what, what the constitution says or anything else in a, in a case like this. If a judge says, do not do something, and they legally say, you have pled guilty... You understand the consequences of you pleading guilty. Mm-hmm. And if you do this again, you will be going back to jail for however many months. Yeah. No matter what, mm-hmm. if you do this again. Yeah. And Robinson goes out and does it again. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's guilty. He pled guilty. He does it again. He can't sue. It's that simple. It's all fucked up, man. Yes, it is fucked up, but again... It's all fucked up. So, some supporters of Robinson have been pointing out that there have been reports outside the trials of celebrities accused of child abuse, but the comparison isn't exact, which is utter bullshit because the National Review doesn't know what they're talking about and hasn't done the research, apparently. 
everything that's been going on in these child grooming ch- cases has been reported. It's on fucking Wikipedia. Yeah. Because we, we previously did, and I wanted to redo this podcast on purpose because I, I didn't like the way that the last one came out. We, we went through the Wikipedia. We went through several of these pages for Tommy Robinson. And I'll tell you one thing right now that this, it, this fucking report that I'm reading, and I'm reading specifically from the National Review on purpose because it's conservative bent yeah. and it's bullshit. Okay? Some supporters. Some supporters are judges, lawyers, and a whole bunch of fucking people in the press. That's what some supporters are, mm-hmm. okay? Like 95% of the press is on Tommy Robinson's eyes on this. Yeah. Because he has a right to do this. And by putting him in jail, now they've jeopardized this free speech that they keep talking about there in the United Kingdom. And it's bullshit. But the comparison isn't exact. Well, Rolf Harris did the same fucking thing. They all do the same fucking thing. It wasn't just Rolf Harris. It was Jimmy Savile. It was Ray Terrett and all these other people that we've talked about that groomed children or went to hospitals. It's the same thing. We don't even have to talk about this. They groomed children and gained their trust and abused them. Yeah. Sexually abused them, molested them, raped them. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with Tommy Robinson saying, fuck your order, judge. I'm doing the right thing. I don't either. I I don't either. And you know what? More power to him. (laughs) I, seriously, more power to him. Um, to answer my own question about whether or not I would do this, if I got, if, <laughs> yes. If I believed in the cause, yes. Yeah. The comparison is, so they say the comparison isn't exact, which is bullshit, which I just fucking, I just refuted. It is exceptionally difficult to put reporting restrictions on the trial of a household name and difficult to select jurors with no views on the defendants. The fact that this legal complexity exists in some cases does not mean that an additional layer of difficulty ought to be overlaid on the already difficult enough attempts to bring to justice gangs of otherwise unknown men. In any case, accosting a celebrity on their way into court would also be an offense. The whole affair is in many ways maddening, maddening that Robinson stepped over a line that had been very clearly drawn for him, maddening that he gave the police and courts a legitimate reason to arrest him, and maddening because, as he must have known, and as I said a number of times over the years, it is by now abundantly clear that every arm of the British state has been out to get Tommy Robinson from the moment he emerged on the scene in Luton or Lutton a decade ago. Uh, This guy that writes for the National Review or actually has this article up for the National Review is not American. He is European. Um, Robinson presents any challenge Robinson presents is all a secondary issue. The primary issue is that for years the British state allowed gangs of men to rape thousands of young girls across Britain. For years, police, politicians, Crown's Protection Service, and every other arm of the state ostensibly dedicated to protecting these girls failed them. As a number of government inquiries have concluded, they turned their face away from these girls because they were terrified of the accusations of racism that would come their way if they did address them, which you specifically pointed out uh, on the last podcast that we did, which we haven't released. We may release it. We may not. I don't know. Um, They decided it wasn't worth the aggravation, which means that they turned a blind eye. Yeah. That's the state's fault. They didn't want to be called racist, so they they were like, oh, who gives a shit about these kids? Yeah. What's more important? Their their image. Their image is more important. Not the fucking kids. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but when it comes down to this stuff happening, yeah. I don't care what color you are. If you're doing this, you're fucking human garbage. Yeah. And I hope you die. Yeah. And look, 
you see the hypocrisy over in this country when it comes to uh, to the Muslim faith, it, it, where it comes with uh, celebrities and things like that, where it's like, oh, you know, we, we, we've got to, uh, you know, we want to stand up for women's rights and all this shit, you know, and, and equal pay and all this stuff. But then you see what a lot of Muslim families do to their women, you know, with the Sharia law and all that stuff. And yet, but that's okay. They don't have a problem with that. Their women being treated that way. I've seen it. You know, like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <clears throat> when you watch, um, like, if you see anyone, like, say, I hate fucking politics, but you see people on, say, a right side, on the on the right, um, where they're they're saying anti-Muslim stuff because about like, say, the way people are treated and things like that. And then, but you have people on the left side that will say, "Oh, you're just being racist and all this stuff like that." And instead of, but yet they'll, they're, they're, they have no problem standing up for women's rights and women's equal pay and all that other stuff. But for some reason, because these people are Muslim, it's okay for them to mistreat their women. You see what I mean? They don't touch on that. Who the fuck are we to stand in the middle of of a culture? Yeah, that's their culture. You see what I mean? They they're, they're only doing it because it's like this weird, trendy thing where they're 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 taking a blind eye to. To Muslim, um, but I don't understand what one has to do with the other. You're talking about American culture versus Muslim culture, and women's equalities and all this other stuff, which is fine. But what what does the that... way that it looks like, say in, in Europe? Okay, the way it's being treated in Europe, it, it's similar over here as well. It, how people are afraid to be called racist because they say anything at all against anything that's Muslim, but yet you see hypocrisy there when you're yet you're going to talk about women's rights for everyone else. But but yet you don't you don't even touch it when it comes to to people of Muslim faith. That, that's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I see the I'm confusion just, on try- your face. I see the confusion. I'm trying to other. figure out what it's it's all about status and all about public image and things like that. That's why these people are over in Europe. They're afraid to say anything against them because they don't want to be called racist. You know, regardless of right. right we, I mean, we've already established that. So. But they don't want to be called racist because I, I see I, I see what you're getting at. It, it, but sometimes, look, man, you know that sometimes I can, I articulate in my own mind a lot more easily than I can on a microphone. Wow. The, so Tommy Tommy Robinson will be in prison for another year. Um, like I said, this is this is dangerous. There's a lot of weird shit going on in in this world, but. Well, there was, um, you know, I, something I was watching. Uh, it was probably Joe Rogan. Fuck, I watch a lot of Joe Rogan now. But uh, where they talked about how there's there's no such thing as, as as the truth anymore. The truth is already there. It's in front of your faces. But everything gets twisted now. Everything. Truth and lies get all twisted together. And it's all about perspective now and the way they try to make you look at it from a certain perspective where... You know, oh, it isn't rape. It's this. It's you know, it's it's just over affection or something, right? Or, or, or other examples. It, it you know, it it, it you know, no, it wasn't murder. It was uh, you know, it was something else. It, you know, it just Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. I I just looked up Muslim grooming gangs wiki, Rochdale. Then there's the child grooming. Then there's Rotterdam child sexual exploitation scandal, child sex abuse in the United Kingdom, Telford child sexual exploitation scandal, Halifax child sex abuse ring, Newcastle sex abuse, British Pakistan Pakistanis child sexual exploitation scandals in Pakistani Muslims, 
child grooming gangs are abusing girls across the country. This is all in Britain and in Europe. Uh, why did the police ignore Pakistani gangs abusing 1,400 Rotterdam children? Okay. If you look, if you just do, watch this, Leeds, Leicester, Australia, Middlesbrough, Muslim grooming gangs trial. That's just from Google. Okay. They're all over the fucking place. These grooming gangs. Yeah. Now, um, I wanted to point out quickly that something happened here in Sacramento where a bunch of, for lack of a better term, Indians, yeah, true Indians, you know, um, from the Middle East, were at Sunsplash. All flint Sunsplash, yeah. And we're, they, so they would get into the kiddie pool and pretend that they were drowning and all the kids would, would touch them, right? And, and then, of course, they were also inappropriately touching young girls yeah. and whatever else until someone said, you know, this is fucking wrong and went and got a security guard. Now, the person that said that this is fucking wrong was one of the, a friend of one of the young girls, like a young, like a 13 year old girl. Yeah. And she went and got a security guard. They called the police. The police came, arrested those guys. Those guys are out of jail now. But that doesn't stop the fact that this happened. Yeah. You know? And it happens more often. That happened 15 minutes away from where we're at right now, where we're sitting, doing yeah. recording this. It happens yeah. more often than we realize. Oh, yeah. And it happens in public places all the time. And a lot of times you don't hear about it because people are afraid to say anything. Correct. But this 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 one person didn't. Yeah, more power to him, man. More power to someone actually speaking up about it, not being too scared to do anything. Because I, I understand how difficult it can be to, to stand up and speak against this shit, but... Sometimes, man, you just got to do it. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think I could live the rest of my life um, knowing that someone was abused in that way and not speak up and say something about it. That, yeah, something needs to be done. So the Rochdale child sex abuse ring were 47 girls identified as victims. Okay. The girls were mainly white British. Um, there's Rotterham. Um, and this went on for th- 30 years. It's still going on. But it went uh, the, the from the late 80s until 2013. Uh, it was an organized child sexual abuse continued almost unchallenged by legal authorities. In the English town of Rotterdam, South Yorkshire, it was first documented in the early 90s when home care managers investigated reports that children in their care were being picked up by taxi drivers. Uh, five British Pakistani men were convicted of sexual offenses against girls between the age of so- ages of 12 and 16. Uh, the ringleaders remained at large. Other major convictions regarding child sexual exploitation included one in t- 2007 of a lone male offender who abused over 80 boys and young men. Um, in August 2014, the Jay Report concluded that 1,400 children, most of them white girls, had been sexually abused in Rotterdam between 97 and 2013 by predominantly British Pakistani men. British Asian girls suffered abuse that mirrored that of other victims, but there was a reluctance to report it due to the fear of shame and dishonor it would bring to their families. Damn. That's, like, when, that's when culture gets in the way. A common thread was that taxi drivers had been picking the children up for sex from home cares and schools. The abuse included gang rape, forcing children to watch, dousing them with petrol and threatening to set them on fire, threatening to rape their mothers and young sisters, trafficking... Uh, them to other towns. There were pregnancies, one at age 12, terminations, miscarriages, babies raised by their mothers, and babies removed, causing further trauma. Can you fucking believe that? 1,400 as a result. When I read shit like that, it makes me, like, wish that there really was a Punisher out there. Yeah. Taking motherfuckers out. Just 
kick down a door and just start blasting motherfuckers, man. I like because I, when you watch it on TV, it's one thing, right? But to hear of it in real life, you're like, oh my god, that's fucking horrible. But we kind of need it, man. Kind of need it. Because it, it, look how look at these people. They they exploit the court system, make shit take forever, and while. The court system takes years and years to convict these fuckers, if they convict them at all. You know, they're still getting away with all the shit that they're doing, right? So... Yeah, here's the the Telford Child Sexual Exploitation Scandal, which I believe, and this may be it, because it's an ongoing scandal. Um, a group of British Asian men were convicted of uh, grooming local children for sex. Up to 100 girls um, are believed to have been affected, and around 200 perpetrators are, spe- are suspected. <clears throat> it was an 18-month... Uh, investigation by Sunday Mirror revealed that the scandal was even worse than previously believed, and it's reported that up to another thousand girls may have been abused, with some even murdered in incidents dating back to the 70s. The 70s. The police chief of West America Police significantly disputed the figures claimed by the Daily Mirror, the, the SUPT, or superintendent, I guess, who is in overall charge of policing in Telford, said, Police and authorities in the town were working with approximately 46 young people who were victims. <clears throat> or considered at risk. A stark contrast to the thousand number claimed by the tabloid. Read the headlines, read the reports, what are they actually discussing? They're discussing cases from 20 or 30 years ago uh, offending back in, back in the 90s. The claim of mostly white girls being targeted due to their background has also been significantly dis- disputed. Ansar Ali, the spokesman for Together Against Grooming, said he has seen evidence about the background of those affected, he said a study on this issue was done by the Office of the Children's Commissioner, which dated back to 2013. And according to that research, a third of the victims were felt to be from a <coughs> non-white background or black minority ethnic background. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? Just like what we talked about already. Similar with other grooming cases. <coughs> you know, the authorities were reluctant to deal with it because they were afraid of being called racist. Yep. The police chief also disputed claims that offenders were predominantly groups of Asian men, adding what I would say is sexual offending across Telford and Reckon is virtually identically proportionate to the breakdown of society, so it's not one particular section over others, and we will tackle it wherever it is. So they set up Operation Chalice. Um, uh, I'm not even going to fucking read that. So (coughs) I'm just going to read the names. And you guys can uh, discuss for yourself. Uh, everyone has been um, sentenced and put in jail. Um, Adel Ali, Mubarak Max Ali, Muhammad Islam Chowdhury, Muhammad Ali Sultan, Muhammad Yunus, Maruf Khan, and Tanvir Ahmed. Those were the people that were arrested and convicted of a crime, ranging between two years and six months all the way up to 18 years, depending on what they got or what they were doing. Yeah. Um, then you have the Derby and then Newcastle. Uh, I, I'm not even going to go into those. But what I'm saying is th- there's there's a pattern here, and that pattern seems to be mostly Muslim or Indian or Pakistani, Pakistani yeah. you know, and Asian. If that's, uh, if Asians are... If you watch, have you ever watched To Catch a Predator? Yeah. I remember that it was always the guy that got caught was always a redneck dude. Almost always. It was almost, but if it wasn't a redneck dude, it was a Middle Eastern guy. And I, I use the broad Middle Eastern. Like I know that. Well, they're Asian, is what they are. Yeah, and I know Indian isn't Middle Eastern, but I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, they're very similar looking. And so, um, if they weren't fucking rednecks getting caught on that show, it was always like Middle Eastern or Indian, you know, 
type type uh, looking people. I mean, what is that? Is it? Uh, I, I I don't know. And this is just in 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 the UK. You know, Muslim grooming gangs and other rape jihad convictions. Uh, the endless agony of England's daughters. You know. Um, seven men in in Sacramento. Uh, they can't file the case right now because there isn't uh, enough fucking evidence. Uh, prosecutors did not file charges against the men within 48 hours of their arrest, and jail staff could not legally hold the inmates any longer. The Placer DA office uh, said it needed more information before filing charges against the group, adding that it asked the Roosevelt Police Defar- Department to investigate further. Um, it is what it is. If an investigation is lacking critical information that we need to charge the case, we cannot file the case. Here, scroll down a little bit. Hold on. We must believe that an individual is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and that we can prove the case to a jury beyond a reasonable doubt. That That is our ethical obligation under the law, which is, you know, I'm completely okay with. Look at those ages. 34, 26, 30, 38, 32, 21, 18, and 18. So you, I mean, those are there. There is no reason for a man that fucking old to be in a pool with the kiddies, especially when they're not his own fucking kids. No excuse. Yeah, according to police, the men all knew each other and worked in a coordinated effort to inappropriately touch several female ju- juveniles. It was possible that the reported inappropriate touching happened at more than one location. All seven were booked on suspicion of lewd acts with a child, as well as conspiracy to commit a crime. They were ineligible for bail, but they had to be released from jail. Yeah, it's 48 hours, yeah. Um, They are tasked with sorting through multiple reports and victim statements, as well as determining which of the seven suspects may have committed which alleged crime. Um, That's got to be paramount to the actual investigation. You know, and that's one of the reasons why it's a good idea to have cameras all over the fucking place. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it, but at least one of those times you can hopefully use that if if you've got it in enough places. You know, maybe you can catch some people doing this shit sometimes. Right? Well, their names are out there in the paper. Yeah. And you know what? It's almost a 100% guarantee that at least one of those names will be showing up again. <coughs> maybe. In another incident. Oh, yeah. So, um, as far as the Tommy Robinson thing, so I, I just wanted to use those as points. Mm-hmm. that it, and, I'm, and I'm pretty sure, I'm 100% sure that it's not just these people, and these people being Muslims or Asians or whatever you want to call yeah. them, or Indians. It's 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 a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's not just any one race, creed, culture. Okay, <coughs> it just so happens that the majority of people arrested happens to be. <coughs> Muslim or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they could be they could be the sheep that are being offered up, you know, lambs to the slaughter, right? Yeah. And unfortunate that um, there isn't more to getting the real people. Yeah. Because I have a feeling that the real people are higher up. Yeah. You know. Oh And yeah. these are the people that, uh, oh, like yeah. I said, I mean, you go to Hollywood. Look at the casting couch. They got some high people up there too. Yeah. So, um, as far as Tommy Robinson goes, again, um. The dude's in jail, and he shouldn't be in jail. Um, you know, I could look. I could understand a fine. I could understand a fine for him. You know, going against what the judge said. I get that. But taking away his freedom for for practicing his freedom of speech, I have a fucking problem with that. I do. You know, I damn. 
It seems like people get longer jail sentences for little shit, and people get shorter sentences for major shit. That's fucking weird to me. It's very weird to me. You rape someone and you only do three months or seven years, that's not okay, you know? But yet there's people that fucking, oh, they, they, they do tax evasion or some shit like that, and they fucking do 15 years or whatever. That's fucking bullshit, you know? I, yeah, the, the judge in the Brock Turner case, his name is Aaron Pesky. Or Persky, not Pesky. I mean, how the fuck is... I mean, that's how you know that this country really doesn't care is that when it deals with money, large amounts of money, they care more about that. Oh, well, someone's got to pay because, you know, you, you owe us $15 million or whatever, right, in back taxes. So, you know, come serve your time. But, oh, hey, you, you know, you ruined some child's life for the rest of their existence. And, oh, hey, you know, slap on the wrist, right? Where's the problem here? I'm trying to find... Taken down by the Me Too movement? No, he was taken down by the the recalled Judge Aaron Persky movement. Um, uh, there we go. Um, so uh, uh, Brock Turner had to go to six months in county jail, but served three <coughs> three years probation and ignoring the statutory minimum sentence of two years. Turner served only two three months and was released in 2016. As Emily Doe said... He received one month for each felony. What does that mean? I can't. I don't know what that means. Oh, the, what the father said. The letter that the father wrote to the to the judge. His life will never be the one that he dreamed about and worked so hard to achieve. That is a steep price to pay for twenty minutes of action out of his twenty plus years of life. Where are you reading that? Um, in the middle, right in the middle of the page, right now that you're at, right under where it says "read her statement here." <coughs> that right there. That what kind of a fucking parent? You know what? Schools have been shot up in less that amount of time than 20 fucking minutes. M- dozens of people have been mowed down by by weapons in less than 20 minutes. So it doesn't matter that he, he, he only did something bad for 20 minutes. He, he fucking ruined someone's life. Okay? So his father's a piece of shit. And guess why his son is a piece of shit? There you see where it comes from. Oh, only 20 minutes. Uh, 20 minutes of indiscretion. Oh, uh. Yeah, Persky found that the case was unusual and justified sentencing Turner to probation instead of prison based on the fact that Turner was an elite athlete at a top university and that alcohol was involved. He noted that a harsher punishment would have had a severe impact on him. Uh, The judge had to make a special exception to hand out such a light punishment. I think rape had a severe impact on the victim. The only thing unusual about this case is that there were eyewitnesses. Otherwise, it is like the millions of other assaults uh, occurring on college campuses every year. Virtually every campus involves a high-achieving perpetrator, and the vast majority involve alcohol. Um, Judge Persky's ruling also sends the message that campus rape is not real rape. Rape is rape, whether it happens on campus or off, and whether the perpetrator is an elite athlete or not. That's why they also changed the law. <coughs> this dangerous ruling makes all women at Stanford and at colleges across California less safe. Judicial rulings like this discourage the reporting of these crimes, reinforce the fear that justice will not be served, and demonstrate that there are two just systems of justice, one for people of privilege and one for everybody else. Um, the recall Judge Aaron Persky campaign, there's a reason why this campaign has sparked national outrage. Women and men across the country know this ruling is an injustice and are willing to speak out on a difficult topic. Judge Persky and Brock Turner's father fail to understand who the real victim in this in this case is. It is not the attacker, it's the innocent woman who was sexually assaulted. We need judges who understand violence against women and take it seriously. We were hoping Persky will do the right thing and step down, but he didn't. He got recalled. <clears throat> 
You know, I'm, I'm actually glad. I'm glad that he got recalled because it shows that people people actually stood up and took someone out that should have been out. Instead of him, you know, oh, him, you know, what if he did step down? It's not enough. It's not good enough. You know what I mean? It's not good enough for what he's allowed to happen. Yeah, so there's this person on Vox that has written, he's a, um, who is he? Uh, I'm a public defender. Here's why the recall vote is no progressive victory. Let's hear it. <laughs> it sends a dangerous message to judges everywhere. If we don't like one decision you make, you're out. No, that's not true. It sends a message that if you if you continually give light give give light um, sentences to elite people and the rich, yeah, then we're fucking done with you. Yeah, uh, it, that represents a terrible threat to judicial independence and highlights the problems with electing judges. We're subjecting appointed judges to reelection. The need they need to be they need the protection to think independently, even if they sometimes make decisions we don't like. I'm sorry, you cannot continually defend people that have given the elite the the opportunity to break the law continuously. Yeah, when you give the elite the opportunity to do what the fuck they want, they take advantage of the system. Yeah, and. They do the Brock Turner thing. Why is it when you're going down the freeway and you see the motherfucker in the quarter million dollar sports car going over 100 miles an hour down the freeway? You know why? Because he doesn't give a shit. He's going, he can pay that fine off no matter how big it is, no matter what. Even if they took his car away, he can buy another fucking car. It doesn't matter. He's going to do whatever he wants because they live on a different level than than (coughs) what the average person lives on. These people don't think that they're accountable for, for... this regular life shit, you know? Yeah. The, the problem is the, you can be lenient, but there is no leniency when it comes to rape. Yeah. That, that's, I'm sorry. Oh, he just made a little mistake. No, he didn't make a little mistake. He made a huge, massive mistake, and he needs to pay for it. Yeah. Um, oh, see. he's got money as well. Okay. So instead of not just paying for it with his life in jail for a very, very, very long time, let's make him pay for it as well because his family can afford it. Yeah. Fine with me. Given that the criminal justice system disproportionately targets and prosecutes the poor and people of color, the ones who suffer from judges feeling pressured to sentence harshly are not priv- people with privilege like Turner, but those without privilege. Yeah, I mean, you just ruined your own argument right there. Yeah. Judges have always had more incentives to punish harshly than leniently, and elections only increase these pressures. A Brennan Center for, study, for Justice study found that when judges are approaching re-election, they are more likely to impose harsher penalties. This is common sense, given that judges who have sentenced the defendant harshly rarely make the news. That is no small thing. In this country, we have an epidemic of wrongful convictions, yet never have I heard of a public outcry to recall or vote against the judge who presided over a case in which an innocent client was convicted or sentenced. In contrast, we have seen a we have just we have just seen a sentence perceived as too light. Not only will make headlines, but could cost a judge his job. That's that's because somebody stepped up and said we finally need to do the right thing. Exactly, and he's the fucking example. Yeah, finally someone's doing something about it. Good for them. Better late than never, right? Yep. And hope and like I said, hopefully this starts a precedent, man. When judges are looking over their shoulders, worried about losing their jobs if they enrage the public, the fairness of our system is compromised. Well, if you enrage the public, that's not that's one thing. Okay, mm-hmm. that's why you're up for a, a election. Yeah, and then you you don't get voted in. You can get reelected, or you can get appointed, or whatever else. That's not the big deal. They specifically recalled him to send a message, yeah. which is we're not going to put up with the shit anymore. Elite people, the elite white rich people of the world. 
need to see this. And they need the, 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 the first shot had been fired. Yeah. And, and that was Harvey Weinstein. And now we got the recall. And now, you know, things are, things are, going, to ch- things are going to change drastically. Yeah. But it's slowly changing. <laughs> for better or for worse, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I look. I, I you, look. It's good to start it now, so it doesn't. We don't end up like the Hunger Games. You know what I mean? Where you have the haves and the have-nots separated by districts, which in a way we already are, aren't we? I'm pretty <laughs> sure that the recall campaign was led by a Stanford law expert, but um, yeah, Michelle Stanford, law professor, Michelle Dauber, and Judge. Well, I don't see former Palo Alto Judge Ladoris Cordell. An outspoken opponent of the recall campaign brought up Dauber's lack of a bar membership on the CNN show Smirconish. The Turner case is about criminal law. She has no experience in the area of the law, so she repeatedly says things that are inaccurate, incomplete, and misleading. <coughs> okay. Dauber graduated magna cum laude before <laughs> clerking for Judge Stephen Reinhardt in the U.S. Court of Appeals. Hmm. It's supposed to be pronounced magna cum laude. Whatever. <laughs> The letter was co-signed by 21 other practicing lawyers, including Stanford law professor G. Marcus Cole, former Stanford president Donald Kennedy's wife, Robin Kennedy, and Planned Parenthood, Mar Monty, um, general counsel, Catherine Valentine. So what was the title of this? Law professor leading judge recall isn't an attorney, but yet the people that signed the petition were 21 other practicing lawyers. Huh. Hmm. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the Tommy Robinson case promotes dangerous thinking about freedom of speech. Yeah. And, and we can see it happening here in America. We, um, there's a great viral, there's a great video, if you've seen it, about Fox, it's like the Fox News thing, where they're reading from a teleprompter, and it's multiple different stations all across the country yeah. that are saying the same exact thing. Word for word. And it's funny. And then, like, people are making excuses about why they're doing it this way. Well, somebody wrote this and put it on the monitor. These people are just reading it. Well, it's coming from somewhere. And yeah, it's coming, and it's the same exact word track that everyone uses. So Dude, it's John Carpenter, <laughs> man. John Carpenter, they yeah, live. They live. Fucking A. And, you know, um, it's setting a dangerous precedent, you know. Yeah. And it could ruin democracy. Hey, we need to tell society, man, put on the fucking glasses. Yeah. Um, step away from your TV and stop watching TV. Yeah. You know, uh, believe none of what you see and only half of what you read. Mm-hmm. And go from there. And Facebook is evil. <laughs> Fuck you, Facebook. Hey, Although so. we kind of need it. Yeah. We don't really need Unnecessary it. Unnecessary evil, in a way. So, anyway, uh, yeah, as always, you know, stay safe out there and... Uh, Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Okay. So, all right. We'll see you guys again next time.